stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens. And Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light. I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young ears. This is Raising Joy. Hello, hello, and welcome again to Raising Joy, the podcast you look forward to every week. Every single week. Every single we week. We know you're counting down. Yeah, yeah. I'm Winnie King. I work at Cook Children's. I'm Kristen Perch. I also work at Cook Children's. <laughs> yay, yay. <laughs> and we're here. And, and we're here. And we're here to talk about joy. And let me tell you what gives me joy. One thing. One? Of course. Well, no, there are a lot of things. But one of the things that really gives me joy is my puppy, BB, BB King. Uh, he's, you know, he's a year old now. Oh, my God. I know. He's so cute. And so I take him to the doggy daycare. Some of my friends think I'm really indulgent, but I do. But let me tell you about that little dog and the doggy daycare. <laughs> he is on fire. So we... <laughs> We pull up because they have a drive-through, you know, you, where you drop the dog off. Okay. He can hardly sit in the seat. He is so excited. The tail is going. He's running all around the seat. I need is, pictures. I need he, videos. Uh, he needs a TikTok. Uh, Why doesn't oh BB have gosh. a TikTok? Uh, Write um, it down, folks. Oh, right here. Oh, okay. Here and that's go. joy. That's it. That's it. But he is so excited when he goes to this doggy daycare and they love him so much. Oh, well, that's why he loves it. Yeah. He and he is. I just have never seen anything like it. I, I didn't think that he would care one way or another. Yeah. But he gets in there and they say he is just he's on fire. I love that. OK, I need pictures, video. Yeah. I, I, OK. You know what? OK. OK. We're going to do coming. it. We're doing it. We really I, are. I think we have. The human BB King. I think we have a fan of him. Okay. In the yes, building today, we do. We, we have do. Uh, Dr. Scott Perry is joining us. He's the head of the Jane and John Justin Institute for Mind Health at Cook Children's. Welcome to Raising Joy. Thank you very much. So happy to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> He's not really sure about us yet. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not we'll sure about him. We'll okay, the notorious <laughs> EEG in the if, house. Yeah, if you if you follow him on Twitter, <laughs> that's his Twitter handle. There you go. The notorious EEG. So yeah. before we started, Dr. Perry was telling us all about growing up in Mississippi and yeah. uh, really enjoying BB King. That's right. I often describe myself as a simple man from Mississippi <laughs> that just also happens to be a pediatric epileptologist. There you go. We all, yeah, we yeah. all started. Yeah. All good. Yeah, there's a simple side and a more complicated side. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of that. So funny. So, Dr. Perry, tell us about the, John, the Jane and John Justin Institute for Mind Health. What is that? It is a, it's really a collaborative care model clinic, you know, whatever word you want to use for it, right? It is, it's a place where we're going to bring together all of the services that are involved in neuroscience that care for kids who have disorders of the nervous system. So it, um, it's bringing us all into one floor under mm -hmm. one roof, one model where we're down the hallways from each other. Mm -hmm. We can like run into each other, chat about things, mm -hmm. you know, try to improve the way we, we care for the kids. Um, you know, just to name the services, we've got neurology, neurosurgery, and neuropsychology. Okay. We got developmental psychology and developmental pediatrics. Mm. We have psychiatry. We have psychology. Mm. Uh, we have pain medicine and physical medicine and rehabilitation and the neuroscience research team to round it out. 
And a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, yeah, lots of rooms and lots of space <laughs> up there. But we've already outgrown and it. It has it. So <laughs> where, where, is, where will this uh, yeah. physically be located? You need, you need your own building. Uh, well, I have requested. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I do not doubt I it I have requested that, yes. Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, on the fourth floor of the Dotson building, Dotson outpatient building on mm-hmm. the main campus. Mm. Uh, and it uh, basically the, the neurosciences has always been the fourth floor of the nurse uh, of the Dotson building. And then we have our inpatient rehabilitation unit, our neuroscience floor, inpatient mm-hmm. floor. And this is the Dotson's now expanded into another building. And so right. all the clinical outpatient stuff will be right. Uh, right there. We'll still have some outpatient clinics um, that, you know, psychology and others go to. Right. But the main core will be all there on the fourth floor. Now, now it used to encompass just neurology and neuroscience, um, neurosurgery, mm-hmm. right? And neuropsych. And that's what it was Correct. in the very beginning. Correct. So how did all of this other, how did all of these other services get involved? And whose thought was that, I wonder? Uh, well, there were... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's not credit slash blame anyone. Um, <laughs> let's, let's just say, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. there's a lot of talking around. You know, when you look at the kids that, that we cared for, you know, we're like... We're always referring patients back and, back forth. and forth. You know, you're yeah. seeing kids, you're like, oh, you see, you know, uh-huh. you see the folks over in psychiatry or over at the, the Child Study Center, which is our developmental pediatrics. Yeah. And, and you know, you have questions about those kids and how to care for them. And, and we had a good system. I mean, it's not like we couldn't refer to each other and call each other. But is there any way we could be more efficient? Both we could be more efficient for mm-hmm. ourselves and uh, could we help you know, help families, not just in the outcomes because we're being more efficient. Right. But can you imagine, I mean, we come to work every day and try to find a parking spot and get to the <laughs> clinic and, you know, right? And if you got to do that and then you got to leave my clinic and you got to drive over to the Child Study Center, get that knocked out, and then uh-huh. you got to come back over to another building on our yeah, campus, yeah, like, yeah. just put it all in the same place if we can. Yeah. And let's yeah. try to coordinate it as much right. as possible. Right. I mean, it's not always possible, but, you know, that's our goal. You right. know, we're not going to get there right away, but... Yeah. It's something to work for, right? right and right. the first way to do that is put everybody in the same building. Right. Sounds good to me. Wow. Yes. <laughs> it, it's efficient. It, it's convenient. I love convenience. Yeah. I will pay for convenience. Yeah. Yes. So, very good. Well, very and good. Too, I, I, a lot of the kids have so many needs. They, they right. need, it's not just the physicians that they need to see. They also need to see occupational therapy. They also need to see PT, all these different things. And so... These families go through a lot, just trying to support their kids, keep them in school, doing what they need to do, keep them healthy. And so if there are things that we can do operationally on our end Mm -hmm. to help them out, like Mm -hmm. if there's a group of folks to help, like it's these, they're, I mean, these families. You can use those resources more, uh, again, more efficiently, right? Right. I mean, every group could have a social worker, Mm -hmm. but, you know, maybe that social worker maybe wouldn't be like full-time busy with one of those groups, right? So Mm -hmm. if we're all right in the next same place... They could share those services between each other and be, just be more efficient in how we use them. Right. So who else has this model? There are, there are other places that have models where they have, um, you know, in their, in their version of an institute, there's psychiatry, there's psychology there. But usually what that means is the neuroscience center, again, as we talked about, mm-hmm. traditionally neurology, neurosurgery, and maybe neuropsych, has hired a psychiatrist or a psychologist to work with their group. Mm. And we're doing it a little different because we're not talking about just having, you know, one psychiatrist that right. works with the group. We're not going right. to bring the whole group. Right, right. Know? 
Right. Bring the whole team. Let's all hang out, you know, uh, because I, I think that's going to, um, you know, we didn't want to silo it. We didn't want to separate the divisions. You don't want right. to separate psychiatry into the psychiatrist that serves neurology and but only the rest one. of them. Yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Let's yeah. bring Let's bring everybody. Okay. Okay. Wow. Why did, why did we decide to create this institute? It, it, is it convenience? It's... It's the efficiency. It yeah. is the process of bringing everybody together so we can be most impactful. Right. I just answered my own question. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think <laughs> you did answer your question. You hit. I mean, those are all the those are all the reasons. Those are absolutely all the reasons. But you know, I'm sure you guys are always you know you know kind of highlighting the fact that access to a lot of these services that are within the yeah. institute, yeah, yeah, right, are hard to come by. They are. Right? They so are. you got to figure out. Because we can't just like start cranking out more mental health care providers necessarily like overnight, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen. Mm-mm. So how do you use the resource you got better? So is part of the research institute <laughs> going to be advances in cloning technology? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I am open to create a research team for anything. We did just hire somebody to do artificial <laughs> intelligence research. Very so, cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, maybe That's awesome. we can bring in some cloning. Uh, <laughs> Ethical issues we'll have to talk yes. about, but yeah. sure. Yeah, and for the audience, uh, the, creating a, any sort of mental health psychologist, it just takes a long time um, to get that person developed. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I'm just making a little joke about how it may be easier just to clone somebody yeah. than try to, like, yeah. train and recruit them. Yeah, so, yeah. Let's so, get them but we are. Um, we're, we're very, I mean, we're very aware of um, how hard it is to find, for families to find psychologists and psychiatrists um, to treat them and to get all the resources they need. Um, and so we're looking at expanding education opportunities so that we can help train people and then they want to stay on board because they like our culture. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, but it's a work in progress for sure. Yeah. And it's a long process. It's a long process. <laughs> it is. It really it's, is. It's a long process. And, you know, as with anything, you shorten duration or make it better, more come. Right. <laughs> more people. And so come. it's, it's a constant evo- you know, evolution, mm. constantly trying to keep up. Um, but doing nothing's not the answer. Right. So yeah, we got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a lot going on. As um, so, as a psychiatrist, I got to ask, what what sort of mental health issues do you see predominantly in kiddos with seizures? Because you're an epileptologist, and so that's what you treat the most, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, for us, a lot of um, commonly like depression, anxiety mm-hmm. are probably some of the most common things we see. Um, and, and you can imagine why that would be. You know, I mean, the, sure. The, the easiest example, right, is that when I see these an adolescent, an otherwise healthy mm. adolescent who mm. has their first seizure, you know, let's say they're 15, about to be 16, all of a sudden, maybe I'm not driving a car, mm. maybe I can't drive a car, not because I'm not able, but I, I can't by mm-hmm. law, mm-hmm. you know, because I get my seizures under control. Um, I was healthy, now I got to take medicine every day. It's epilepsy, so there's a stigma with mm. epilepsy, mm. you know. Mm. Do they want to tell their friends or not tell their friends, you know. So that's, those are, and, and that's just one example. I mean, right, mm-hmm. that, happens, that happens across the spectrum uh, of, of epilepsy. And then, you know, uh, other things factor into that, right? They're, I mean, it's a whole change for the family, right? Mm. Mom and dad, everyone in the family, you know, always worried. When's the next seizure going to happen? You can't, mm-hmm. like, predict that, right? right. So that, you know, environmental factors and acting your quality of life. Right. Um, I do a lot of genetic epilepsy, right? So these kids have developmental epileptic encephalopathies, mm-hmm. which means they have delays as a result of whatever 
the reason Mm -hmm. for their epilepsy is, but the epilepsy also further contributes to it. Mm -hmm. So I can work on those seizures and get them as good as I can, but I still can't take away the underlying problem. But those kids are at high risk for other things like autism. Mm. They have a lot of uh, hyperactivity. ADHD Mm -hmm. is very common. Mm. Uh, They have a lot of sleep issues for the reasons of inattention to hyperactivity plus inherent sleep issues. So it's just a lot of comorbid you know, things that we have to, you have to deal with. And I think people, in, at least in, in my area, are getting a better understanding of, of that, that our job is beyond taking care of seizures, mm. right? Mm-hmm. There's always been a focus on your epileptologist, we treat seizures, but... It's more than that. You can treat the, yeah, I mean, we were, you know, we were talking, we were at the conference this morning, you know, and I was talking about new treatments for Dravet syndrome, and I got some treatments for Dravet syndrome now that can make kids seizure-free. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But when they're seizure free, now there's another problem we need to talk about, right? Because they have delays or the mm-hmm. hyperactivity. And so the seizures might have been the number one problem, but right. now that's not the number one problem anymore because we've got something else we have to handle. So it's just important to, for us to always be thinking about the entire patient and all those other mm-hmm. things we need to address. When you're talking about treatment, though, are there really... Um Controversial treatment? Is that medication? You know where I'm going. I sure do. Mm. I, I just, <laughs> I smiled. Going. I smiled because I, I know she's asking. Keep about. going. Let's talk, let's, let's talk controversy. Talk about, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. What do you, what do you see as controversial? I'm a, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a very, I'm a very wide open minded kind of person myself. So what plant you got? Plant-based. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like plant-based, like you, like THC or the CBD or something else? Yes, yes. Right? I mean, yeah. from a CBD standpoint, yes. we've got that proof. Okay. Uh, at least in, in its purified pharmaceutical form. Okay, right? got it. I mean, we have an FDA-approved drug that uh-huh. is purified CBD. Okay. But that doesn't answer the question that a lot of people have about, you know, is THC of any value? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, that's the part ratios, that gets you high. Correct. Yeah. It has okay. a different ratios of CBD, THC. Maybe it's not even those two compounds. There's hundreds of other, you know, things wow. in that plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so is there more to it? And I mean, those, those questions are hard to answer. Yeah. Um, and not because they can't be answered, but, you know, you've got to, if you're doing research to try to prove those things you've got to take each individual one mm. and study them mm-hmm. and you got to study them in rigorous trials like when the cbd product was approved that's a double blind placebo controlled trial mm-hmm. right that means i don't know the patient what they're on the patient doesn't know what they're on some people are on real stuff some people mm-hmm. aren't on real stuff yeah. yeah and you know i mean so those are long studies and so to get through all of the individual things mm-hmm. in that plant mm-hmm. could take a while to but it's not out. an unreasonable thing to consider yeah, okay you know? But you would not, ad- what What would you say if a parent, maybe, so um, epidol, is it, it's epidol, epidol yeah. yes. So it's FDA approved for Dravet syndrome. We have, you know, we have that evidence. What if a parent um, was interested in trying CBD oil for any variety of yep. conditions? What sure. is your usual, what's your, what's your stance on so, that? So first of all, uh, well, I guess we'll start with the indication. So the FDA indication is for the treatment of seizures with Dravet syndrome, tuber sclerosis complex, and Lennox gastos syndrome. Now, does that mean Epidiolex, which is the brand name of cannabidiol, um, does that mean it won't work for other seizures? No, it, it could absolutely probably work for other seizures. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to get it approved by your insurance company? Maybe no. not. <laughs> okay, so that's that piece. Sure, all okay. right. 
so it could be used for other stuff. Then, yes, a lot of people will say, well, I just get a, a CBD oil. I want to get it from maybe the, you know, we do have dispensaries in yeah, the state that the you can get it through the Compassionate yeah. Use Act from a physician can actually write for that. Or you can, yeah, go to your local, I mean, it's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my answer to them there is that these are supplements, so they're not regulated. So mm-hmm. I can tell you that I think, you know, CBD just based on, again, the, you know, the studies we have from, um, from Epidiolex, I think it's safe. It's not without adverse effects. Mm-hmm. Even even the pharmaceutical grade, you can get elevation of liver enzymes. You can get diarrhea. Um, oh. You can get sleepiness on it. So these things can happen. Mm-hmm. And now you're dealing with a supplement that I can't promise you. That's regulated. Time to time, I can't know. tell you what's yeah. in there. Yeah. I mean, like, is it olive oil? There's, is yeah. it? I mean, we there's don't been, know. There's been numerous <laughs> studies where they'll take, you know, samples. You know, they'll just grab some different products out mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. see. And on average, about a third of them are labeled with what's in there. <laughs> a third of them have more than what it says, more mm-hmm. THC or more CBD, and a third of them have less. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, I just tell them, hey, that's a risk you're going to take. I'm not going to advise you on how to dose it. Because you like, don't know. I don't know. Like, Because you, you don't know what's in it. That's right. So, so. And it's not consistent, and, yeah. you know, you get it one but, day this way and another day another way. Yeah, but, I mean, I have, I have those conversations a lot with my patients, and, you know, like, I, I want you to be honest with me and tell you what yeah. you're doing. It's important for me yeah, to know. Yeah, sure. Because... Because there are certain other drugs we use that, for instance, CBD interacts with. Right. right. So clobazam, which is a very common medicine we use, CBD uh, elevates one of the active ingredients of clobazam. And it can, you can get very, very sleepy to the point of hospitalization Eesh. when those are mixed. And so you need to know that's going to happen. Right. right. Or at least know it's on the lookout. So. Right. But, but you couldn't advise a patient of that if they're not honest with you. So right. I think, Correct. I think yes. having that. That's the important part. I think having that open conversation with them and for them to trust you and to be yeah. able to say that is so right. important because if you go and you're like, absolutely not, you know, right. like then they're not going to tell you. They're, they're probably going to keep doing it yeah. and then you could prescribe that medicine. It could have a really bad, ab- That's right. a really bad outcome. Yeah, those, so. conver- those conversations have to be yeah, completely honest. You know, yeah. I hear you. I understand why you're interested in that, yeah. right? Yeah. I haven't, ge- obviously I haven't given you anything that's fixed the problem or we wouldn't be talking about this, right? <laughs> right. So it's just desperation. Very, very fair to ask yeah. this question. So yeah. here are, here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Now let's balance those risks and right. benefits and let's decide what's, what's what works good. for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause what works for me, it's, it's not my decision necessarily. Okay. Right? It's gotcha. team. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, sometimes I, I feel really terrible for parents. Um, Whenever we've tried a number of medications, we've tried, they've been consistent in therapy, and the kiddo is still having a really hard time with behavior um, or emotions or depression or self-injury or any of those sorts of things. And a lot of times parents will say, well, like, can, like, I just feel like we're missing something. Can, can we just do a scan of their brain is usually how it's asked um, to, to make sure everything's okay in there. Um, I know what I usually say, but as a neurologist, I feel like you probably have some thoughts about that. Like, what would you, what would you say? Yeah, like I said, I mean, I guess it depends on, obviously it depends on the situation. Uh, Are you a psychiatrist? (laughs) To say it depends. That's our favorite answer. (laughs) No, I'm I'm an administrator. (laughs) Oh, okay. We're we're also, we're we're in a a leadership class and they're trying to, we're in the same one and they're trying to convince us we're administrators and we're like. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, 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 uh, class are in. <laughs> makes me think of this. Did you see, you know, you see the SpaceX rocket, right? Oh, yesterday, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, they, and they called it, they called it rapid, un, what, rapid, like unplanned disassembly. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that is the most administrative way to say, say blew up. up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Epic fail. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, that is great wording. But anyway, back to your question. <laughs> back to your question. Yeah, so. I mean, it does depend from a from a kind of behavioral mental health kind of question of when are you going to get an MRI. For for us, it's all about like the timing okay. of the symptoms and how they came on, sure. the age, right? Okay. So you know to have like you know acute psychosis in a very young yep. person's not that's not right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That, yes. that doesn't happen. Some something else is going on, right? Right. So. Um, you know, like the, some of the autoimmune encephalopathies mm-hmm. are the conditions that can really be, that are actual neurological yes. conditions that are confused with other mental health problems mm. because they mm. start scary. getting, you know, hallucinations. You mm. start to uh, have just complete changes in behavior, very obsessive, compulsive, these kinds of things can happen. And this is because they've got an antibody to something, their NMDA receptors mm-hmm. or their voltage-gated uh, uh, potassium channels, and then they get this inflammation in the mm-hmm. brain, and you start seeing these problems. But Wow. Yes. But there's a story that goes with that. So it's right. not like this long history. It's just like the way it presents, the speed at which it presents, the mm-hmm. different symptoms that come. So, yes. you know, or, or if you had on exam, you know, there were exactly. focal findings that showed up. All of a sudden, I got weakness or, you know, something that suggests there's something central changed here right. that we need to go right. image for and yeah. see if we can find it seizures, and, things like that. Yeah. And that's usually what I, I tell parents. I, I, I was like, I think, I think the question that you're asking would be better served by like psychological testing. Yeah. So get the yeah. battery of, of those sorts of things. But we, you know, having an MRI, it won't, unless there's something going on and we would see other signs of that, right? Like mm-hmm. they had a change in gait or Correct. they're hard, you know, like they are like, it's impossible to wake them up and mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, I mean, like all those other signs, like if they had that plus these things, then that's kind of whenever we get concerned. Right. And then for that, um, for those autoimmune encephalopathies, I've seen, I've seen personally once. Um, so just, it's very rare. Parents don't get scared about things. Yep. <laughs> it's incredibly rare. Um, but, um, what it, but it was a kid who was um, in advanced classes um, didn't really have any sort of like no sort of psychological problems mm-hmm. and started basically overnight um, having trouble like determining reality from fiction and um, was hallucinating and was agitated. And so it, no. I mean, it was so bad that, that they had to be admitted to the hospital um, They and, you know, and it wasn't drugs. It wasn't any of these things. And so that's what kind of triggered us to say, okay, this like the acute change, like mm-hmm. wow, this was like it, it, overnight. overnight. No family history, none of those things that you're like, whoa, okay. And then you have to get the whole, and there's a whole workup for that. But I just don't, you know, yes. So right, you but just so don't you, do it, it when it people is, ask. Oh yeah, because the workup is um is a lumbar puncture, like to be able to tell. So you have to go. Wait what? Yeah. I, oh, wait what? Wait what? I thought you were just you know scanning. What? Well, I, I'm saying for that, for the workup for those like encephalopathies, okay, right? Gotcha. Like, right. But but think about the scan. I mean, the other conversation I have with people, because obviously we get asked about doing scans for lots of things, right? Sure. Headaches, other stuff. And you know, the scans aren't without risk 
themselves. I mean, you, you know, if you have to be like, if you have a young child that needs to be sedated to get a good scan. Because right? they have to be very still. And right, an MRI right? takes say, how long? Hey, uh, how long does it take it to do it? It can take an hour or more depending on like sequences that we're going to get. So that's a conversation I often have too. I was like, you know, I'm not worried about it based on my exam and the history. Plus when I weigh that against, you know, minimal, mm -hmm. small mm -hmm. risk, mind mm -hmm. you, to sedation, but still risk. Like it's yeah. not necessary. But like, this is not like an x-ray. No. And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, here are the things, like if these things happen, now I'm more prone to say, let's okay. let's get this imaging done, you know, yeah. if this symptom is progressing to this point or whatever. You know? Right. Again, yeah. it depends on the situation. Wow. I, I did once have a psychologist researcher um, want a functional MRI from, uh, like from the ER. And I was like, well, we don't really have that sort of correlation to be able, and, and then what would you do with it? So a functional MRI, we'll ask the actual neurologist in the room to explain okay. <laughs> to our audience what a, that is. A functional MRI, is a, it's, it's, it's an MRI that helps us see where functions occur. Right? Okay. So what, what functional MRI does is it measures um, oxygen consumption basically by the brain. The idea here is that the part of the brain that's doing whatever the work is that we're measuring is using more oxygen, right? So mm -hmm. when you're moving your arm or your leg, you're going to get more blood flow to the part of your brain that moves your arm or your leg. Mm. And then we can like see that light up. Uh, we can, you know, pretty good with uh, motor, pretty good with language, localizing mm -hmm. language, mm -hmm. pretty good with mm -hmm. vision. Memory is hit or miss. Uh, those are kind of hard paradigms to do. Uh, and then people are, are are trying to use it more for other things like functional neurological disorders to show that there's change that there's change there that suggests you know there is a brain basis for why these things are happening, are happening. yeah right. but that, that's all that stuff a lot of that's still early but but we we use it for localizing where what we call eloquent cortex is so again, okay vision, tell me what that is vision sensory okay motor speech gotcha. you know like when we're doing epilepsy surgery we want to do a functional mri to know Make sure these those functions <laughs> Let's miss are. These guys. Make sure those functions are where they should be because right. we know where they should be and how close are they in proximity to the areas that we need to work with uh -huh. for the seizures. Okay. Because okay. obviously we don't want to hurt those things in trying to make the seizures better. It doesn't right. do us any good to make you weak uh, in an attempt to make you seizure free. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. And it's used a lot in, in research, mm. like you know, just looking at different functions and things like that. So we're still a long way off from being able to have a functional MRI tell us. I think I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, to, to give us give us meaningful, that quick of an answer, data yes. that we could yes create a plan based on. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. I feel like we've gone down a super nerdy. Um, <laughs> I'm topic. hanging in there. I feel like we took a left, but that's <laughs> Sorry. okay. But but these, these are all my burning if you questions. Keep going left, you come right back to where you started from. So it's fine. It's no big deal. That's exactly right. But, but you know, one of the things that I find interesting about you is that you're very big on art. Yes. Tell me about that. And where that rides and plays a part in the Institute. Oh, well, where it plays a part in the Institute is there's going to be art everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, I love art. Uh, I love to make art. Maybe it's not that good, but I still love to do it. And uh, I certainly love to collect it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I just think art is, um, it's just another way to engage you and get you involved, right? And so for the Institute, one of the things I wanted is for us to have art that was either made by people who are who have disorders of the nervous system or somehow touched by disorders of the nervous system because maybe they 
a, a you know a caregiver for it mm-hmm. or, or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of the art, at least that we have, most of the art that we have planned for the lobby is is, is follows that, right? So mm-hmm. we have a we have a large mural that is done by an artist named John Bramlett, who is here in the DFW area. Uh, and he's visually impaired and has a has a history of epilepsy. So his entire painting is by touch, and Ooh. he does just amazing work. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, we have mm-hmm. um, we have some other pieces um, uh, by an artist named Laura Bundison who made the pen that I I wear, and mm-hmm. she took uh, all of our epilepsy awareness T-shirts from years and put them together in, into a brain. Um, we have some that are we we're going to have um, uh, animals that are made out of neurons. And the idea, the okay. idea with that actual stuff. neurons. Yeah. Well, no. No. Okay. Wood, wood. Thank you. So I, I was a, like, no. So what? I have a. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I find like, I find all these people on Twitter. Okay. Right? So I as mean, a notorious EEG. Yeah. I put on Twitter. I was like, I'm looking for neuro artists, and I got connected to all of these people from. That's really cool. Country. Oh, that's good. And so the, the person making the 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 wood stuff, uh, you know, he's a PhD who does neuroscience and. Obviously, he likes neurons. That's what he does. But uh-huh. he also carves them out of wood, and so <laughs> that's really cool. He is going to take them and all these different cells that you would have in the brain. He takes them and makes animals out of them. And what that does, in my in my opinion, right, is it? Yeah, it's an animal. But then when you look at it close, you're like, well, what's it made out of? Well, it's made out of a neuron, and this is what this brain cell is, and this is what this brain cell does. And that's just a way for art to make neuroscience approachable. Yeah. Like start the conversation about it, you know? Okay. It's, it's, yeah. Know, it's That's cool. good. It's a yeah. great approach. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Yes. I, I think, think so too. One of the most beautiful, one of my favorite paintings um, is at UNC Hospital. That's where I trained, but it was painted. There's two gorgeous, um, they're uh, just beautiful flowers, like abstractly painted. Um and it's just 3D. I, I mean, it's just like you walk in, it's breathtaking. But mm-hmm. I learned, but it took me three years to figure out. But the person who painted it was a patient yeah. at UNC and they had bipolar disorder. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm telling you, it's they're huge and they're it's absolutely breathtaking. Uh, they're, they're gorgeous. So anyway. Yeah. So there's 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 art. Yes. That's useful. Yes. And it connects brain. us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love art. I agree I, with you. I, I love art too. I love music. Amazing. Same. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I managed a music store for four years Get while out. I was in college. Yeah. Those are the days. Back when there was an <laughs> album those, those somewhere. Are the days. CDs. 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 Oh, I'm an yeah. album, you're a CD. Yeah, I had CDs. <laughs> That's amazing. That's wonderful. That's great. That's well, great. Dr. Perry, what do you want our parents to know out there? Gosh, any topic at all, huh? No. <laughs> or just in general. What do you want? You know, like as like, what would you? What do you think is important for them to know? I I think what's important to know is that you know we need to keep pushing for. I mean, from my standpoint, for mm-hmm. the best care, right? Yeah. And and the most convenient care and healthcare. Healthcare in the U.S. is great, but man, we can make it a lot better. better. Yeah, <laughs> we can yeah. make it it's a great lot yeah. better. Lots of yeah. room for. And growth. that you know, I I just for for me, I just always think about like how would I want it done mm-hmm. for my kids. Mm-hmm. So. As a How long have you been at Cook Children's? Now? Thirteen years. Thirteen years, yeah. and you've seen it—not just Cook Children's, right. but you've seen the practice change. That's right. Yeah, increase. Yes, different things, trends. What are you seeing? Uh, well, I mean, I've just seen like technology change, right? Right. I mean, from for the practice, I mean, obviously we've grown. Right. Uh, right. 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 The campus has grown. Of course, uh, our reach has grown in the state. But from a treatment standpoint, yeah, it's technology. Um, you know, the fact we were talking, I do genetic epilepsy, the fact that, you know, we've got some treatments that are actually 
aimed at the actual gene that is the problem and trying to correct the mm, gene. Mm. I mean, that's just that's, that's incredible. That's crazy. You know, I mean, you were in that thirteen years. No, ago. you know, when I was when I was training, you know, people were like, you know, why do you? First question was why you want to do child neurology because all you guys do is name things, but you don't treat anything. You know, like you don't fix anything, uh, right? Uh, uh, and uh, and then uh, it's like you know why epilepsy, you know, and then it's epilepsy surgery. I was like, because I can I can cure it. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, you know? yeah, I can fix. I it. can figure out why it happens. Uh, and now you don't. These are things you don't need surgery for. And now we're talking about gene therapy and stuff like that. I mean, it's just we're making a lot of progress. Yeah, that's really good. Are. That's good. It's exciting. That's Always got to stay on your toes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Always changing. Okay. Awesome. Well, we have our usual closing question. So, Winnie, you know, start us off. I want your, we always ask, what are you grateful for? Um, um, I'm grateful for doggy daycare. Yes. <laughs> keep them like entertained, I, keep tired. Keep him entertained. And when I get him, he's tired and his face is planted in the rug when I get home. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to throw the ball as often, but I'm, I really am. I, I never thought I would, you know, be that kind of parent that the dog parent, but uh, I, I love that, that he gets so happy when he gets in there and it's just, it's just so cute. It's the cutest. That's I amazing. It. I love it. I am grateful for my four-year-old's teacher, Miss Liz. So my both shout of, out to Miss Liz. Miss Liz, I, I told her I loved her this morning. Oh my! I, I, oh I my. literally. Well, okay. So we have history because my daughter went to the same preschool. Okay. And so she had Miss Liz for two years, like during oh. COVID. And so she has. So I, I know Miss Liz. Yes. Um, but so uh, my youngest is now in Miss Liz's class. Oh my! And gosh. she. <laughs> Clara made it two days before Miss Liz said, uh, your daughters are very different. <laughs> I was like, yes, uh, my oldest was more of a people pleaser, uh -huh. uh, wanted to follow the rules, all those uh -huh. kind of things. And Clara, um, is very strong willed. She is her own lady. She's her I, own woman. She is. So, um, but Miss Liz, um, so Miss Liz kind of realized that she knows how to work with my youngest. Okay, and so, she and she's very, but it, you know, it took her three days to figure it out. Like I, you know, it would take, some people are never going to figure that out, but Miss Liz, like she, like she has firm expectations and boundaries Okay, and then like just piles on the praise. And so, Aww. um, anyway, so that, just, that really works for, for, for that baby girl. I think it works for all kids. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> 90% of kids. Yeah, um, so yeah. if I could, if I could climb Miss Liz, I certainly would. But yeah, no, this morning I told her I loved her oh, because, gosh. because, well, she, you know, she's getting Claire right. So okay. I'm, okay. I love her. You know, also. and you need a partner in this. Oh, it takes a village. Yes, they, it they, does. Their yes, preschool does. is my village. Okay. I love them. I, love I really it. do. Okay. They care about the kids. All right, Dr. Perry, what's up? What are you grateful for? You know, um, Today I'll be grateful for that weather outside. It is. Yes. I mean, if you're not it's taking gorgeous. it in, you need to because uh, you don't get beautiful. many mid-70 days with pure sun. <laughs> and, no rain. And an yeah. opportunity to go down to the Main Street Arts Festival, Festival and hit yeah. up some art yeah. in yeah. this yeah. kind of weather. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm it's riding with the top down. That's good stuff. <laughs> I'm That's riding amazing. with the top down. You could, you could also just stop in for the neuro science conference yeah meeting of the right. mind yeah, yeah. you could just yeah, hop yeah. in for sure get some knowledge yeah. i'm gonna hop in yeah why <laughs> not? see how it goes it's going <laughs> oh amazing thank well you. yes thank you guys for joining us and thank you dr perry for coming it's been a pleasure appreciate it appreciate it and until next time you know the words just breathe open up you, you matter, matter.